Welcome to the Far Above Rubies podcast from the Calvary Chapel Lubbock Women's Ministry. We pray you are built up and encouraged as you listen to this teaching from God's Word. This is week number two, so we're going to look at uh, chapter 3, verses 3 and 4. So um, uh, this this message is titled, Put to Death, so that's a... That's kind of a, a cool title, right? And I was, I was thinking about, um, you know, when we're talking about put to death, we're talking about putting your flesh to death. And the one thing that came to my mind um, when, when I'm thinking about, like, you know, dying to the flesh, have you ever been on a diet or, you know, tried to start a new exercise program or something and your flesh is, like, really screaming at you, you know, whether it's it's... You know, you're working out and you've got, you know, you're really sore and you're just like, oh, you're de- your, your flesh is going, stop, I'm dying. You know, or like when you, um, you know, when you're on a diet, you know, you're restricting your, your food choices and you're restricting your, um, your calories. And so there's no other time than that, than like you really want Fritos, right? It's just like your flesh is going, give me donuts, give me Fritos. And, and, you know, and then again, like if you've ever fasted and prayed for any amount of time, like last Easter we did, remember we did a church fast. And so, um, I was fasting and it wasn't even that much. It was like fasting my afternoon coffee. I really like talk about dying. It was like my flesh is like, give me coffee. And it was just like the afternoon coffee. So when, um, when this, this title is put to death, it is really like, you know, when your flesh is screaming at you, right? So, um, again, last week we, we talked about, um, seeking and setting our minds on things above. So I just want to go over real quick again. Our theme verse is Colossians 3, 11. Christ is all and in all. And um, our memory verse is Colossians 3, 2. Set your mind on things above and not on things of earth. So last week, we, t- we learned about what it means to seek. Remember, the definition for seek is to, to uh, search and we talked about like when you lose something, remember if you've ever lost anything, did anybody lose anything this week where you were just like really searching for it? And that's the only thing on your mind is like, I've got to find this. You know, the, the phone could be ringing, things can be happening all around you, and you're just like searching for that one thing. And that's what it means to, to seek. You're searching, you're desiring above all other things, that one thing. And, and what we are to seek is the things above where Christ is seated at the right hand of the Father. And then we also talked about what it means to set our minds on things above. Remember that that word picture that we had for set was the same thing that um, when you get, when you set a, a nail either on a, on, a, on a piece of lumber, when you get it set and then you can really hit it and it goes where it's supposed to go, um, or or when you're trying to saw, when you get that little groove going, then you can you can get that saw going. That's what it means to set. So before we go on, let's go ahead and read um, verses 1 and 2 of Colossians chapter 3, just to kind of get a good a, a good back. We'll just go back a little bit. So um, Colossians chapter 3 verses 1 and 2 says, therefore, if you've been raised up with Christ, seek those things above 
where Jesus is sitting at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things above and not on the things of earth. So again, last week we saw that Paul had written Colossians. And remember, um, it was in 62, about 62 AD, he was in prison in Rome, and he was writing to the Colossian, uh, to the church in Colossae, and um, he was writing it to believers. And so it was to the believers in Colossae, and it's also to the believers today. So if you are a believer, this is for you. And it says, um, therefore, therefore, if you... Um, have been risen with Christ, raised up with Christ, seek those things. So that word, therefore, it could also be translated because or since you have been raised up with Christ, seek those things which are above. And we're going to see today that, um, that it's difficult to be concerned with the things of earth if your focus is, is up. Your focus is on the things above, on it, focus on Jesus. And so we're going to see that. So again, um, that word, therefore, is, is also since. So this idea of since or because of the reality of this is true, then we're to think on things above. So the reality of that you have been raised with Christ. So that means that if you're raised, that means that you've had to die, right? So going again, going ahead and putting that, that title in there, putting to death the thing. So the idea of since or because of the reality of this is true, then think on, on things above. The things of heaven remind us that heaven is a much better place. And it reminds us that this isn't all there is. And there's different times in life when um, when that's really, really good news, right? When you realize that this isn't all there is. This, that there's a, that heaven is a much better place. So since we've been raised with Christ, our minds are, and our, and our hearts are seeking the things which are above. And also, since you've been raised with Christ, you are a new creation. So the old things have passed away. And that too is good news. That's really good news. So our natures are new. We have a new nature because of who Jesus is to us. And um, so I just wanted to talk a little bit about what that means, about our nature, or in other words, our identity. So um, the definition of identity is the qualities um, or beliefs a personality looks and or expressions that make a person or group. So it is in, I'm sorry, let me back up. So in identity is in psychology. Identity is the qualities, beliefs, personality, looks and or expressions that make a person or group. So if you're thinking about identity, you can look at certain groups. You can, you know, you can identify police officers by how they look. They're wearing a uniform. You can identify um, certain religious um, groups by the way they dress or don't dress. Um, so our identity is different when we have when we have come to Christ. It should be different. It should it should be different. And many times, as women, our identities are wrapped up in our looks, um, in what the world says we should look like or not look like. 
Um, our, our identities can also be wrapped up in um, things like education um, or our profession. Sometimes, um, as women, our identities are wrapped up in uh, maybe our kids and what they do or don't do. If you have kids in sports, a lot of times um, you get that just that identity um, in what your kids are doing. Sometimes women's identities are wrapped up in what their husbands do um, in their profession, and they kind of jump right in and, and they um, they identify themselves as whatever it is that their husbands do um, in their profession. Um, Galatians 2.20 says, I have been crucified with Christ, and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I now live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. So identity is a gift from God. Galatians 2.20 says, I've been crucified with Christ. So put to death with Christ. I no longer live. Um, and I want you to really keep that in the back of your mind as we go through this study um, tonight, that, that as Christians, as believers, we have been crucified with Christ. It's not about what, what you want. It's not about your will. It's about the will of God for your life. And one of the first times that that was really um, kind of like in my face and 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 true for me in my life was when um, we were we were living in New Mexico and and Pastor Ben was an assistant pastor on staff at a Calvary Chapel there and it was it was a really large church and we were having a women's retreat and the pastor's wife came up to me and you know I just love my pastor's wife and she came up to me one Sunday and she said hey um, I'm praying for for you for something really special for for the retreat. And I was like, okay, yeah, you know, and I thought, you know, I'll like carry the luggage or make the beds or, you know, something like that. Um, but she, she said that to me, I'm praying for you. And, um, and then she walked away. And so then a week later, she comes up to me and she's got papers in her hand and stuff. And she goes, you know, I really feel like I heard from the Lord on this. And, um, um, so here's, here's what I'm, here's what I'm thinking. I prayed about it. And, um, I really believe that you're supposed to lead worship at, at the retreat. And so she hands me this like list of songs and, and a list of people that would help me. And I just, and then she walked away and I stood there with all these papers in my hand and I'm just like, uh, no way, no way. And so got in my car, drove home and all the way home, I'm thinking there is no way I am leading worship in front of all these ladies. There was like I mean, hundreds of ladies, and I thought, there's no way, I'm not going to do this. And so I, um, so my pastor's wife happened to not just walk away, but left town for like a couple of weeks. And so, you know, I'm thinking in my head, of course I'm not going to do this. You know, this is, no, no, I cannot do this. And so, um, but then I, as I thought about it, I thought, okay, she told me she prayed about this. You know, pastors, wives pray about stuff. So I thought, okay, I'm going to have to pray so I can tell her that I prayed and tell her no, find somebody else. That was kind of my, my thought. And so as I'm praying and I'm just, you know, I'm asking, I'm telling the Lord, I'm telling the Lord, no, I can't do this. Lord, you know, I can't do this. You know, I can't lead worship in front of all these ladies. And, um, and I just kept hearing the Lord say, yeah, you can. Yeah, you, you need to. 
And so as I'm like days go on and I keep telling the Lord no, he keeps telling me yes. And then I start like whining to the Lord. I'm just like, God, I'll die. I'll die if I have to do this. Please don't make me do this. I'll just die. Let me carry suitcases. I'll, I'll drive people. I'll do whatever, but I'll die. And so, and I, and I really heard the Lord tell me, you need to die. You need to die and let me do this through you. And I got to tell you, that was one of the, the, neatest times um, when you when I knew that it wasn't me it was the Lord and we just had a really good good uh, retreat and uh, I died (laughs) I definitely died so going back again to that that verse in Galatians chapter 2 verse 20 it says I've been crucified with Christ and I no longer live but Christ lives in me the life I now live in the body I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. And again, identity is a gift from God. And at the heart of what that means, to be a Christian is to receive a new identity. And that is really, really good news, to receive a new identity. Um, In Jesus, we don't just lose ourselves when we accept the Lord. We become our true self when we ask him into our lives and we um, are yielded to him we become our true self Romans 6 6 says for we know that our old self was crucified with him so that the body ruled by sin might be done away with that we should no longer be slaves to sin and before we come to the Lord we are slaves to sin right our flesh, again, our flesh wants what it wants when it wants it. You know, whether it's, it's you know, a bag of chips or a donut or to, you know, lay down or to not go to work or not come to church or not go to Bible study. One of the things that I found is that voice that's in your head telling you, you know, you really don't have to go to church. You went last week or you went yesterday. You don't have to go to this Bible study. You were in church last night. That same voice is the same voice that tells you not to read your Bible, tells you not to listen to the Lord, and we need to learn to put that voice to death. Just tell it to shut up. So um, let's take a quick look at an example in the Bible of somebody that received a new identity when he gave his life to Jesus, and it's Paul. So Paul, again, he remember Saul and Paul, we're going to be using uh, Saul here, but Saul and Paul, same guy, okay? So um, remember, Paul wrote Colossians. So we're going to look at Paul and how, how his identity changed. First um, Timothy is where we're going to be. So let's, let's look at First Timothy chapter 12. I'm sorry, First Timothy chapter 1, verses 12 and 13. Again, this is Paul talking, and he says, I thank Christ Jesus, our Lord, who has enabled me because he counted me faithful, putting me into the ministry. Although I was formerly a blasphemer, a persecutor, and an insolent man, but I obtained mercy because I did it ignorantly in unbelief. So at that point, Paul was an unbeliever. He says, and, I, and he says, I was formally a blasphemer, a persecutor, and an insolent man. But I obtained mercy because I did it ignorantly and in unbelief. Next turn is going to be um, Acts chapter 
uh, 7 and 8. So it's the story of Stephen. And remember, Stephen was talking to the Jewish leaders, and it seemed like with every word, they were getting more and more and more upset. So Acts chapter 7 and 8. So we're not going to read all of it because of time, but I just want to show you how absolutely full of sin Paul was at this point in his life, okay? So um, so going down to verse 54, it says, um, the Jewish leaders were infuriated by Stephen's accusations, and they shook their fists at him in rage. But Stephen, full of the Holy Spirit, gazed steadily into heaven and saw the glory of God And he saw Jesus standing in the place of honor at God and said, Look, I see the heavens open up and the Son of Man standing at the right hand of God. And I love this because remember our our verse that says we're to seek those things which are above where Jesus is at the right hand of the Father. Stephen was talking to the Jewish leaders, he was reminding them about how God was faithful in the wilderness. And he was reminding them about how Moses had um, led led the people out of the wilderness. And as as he talked, the Jewish leaders were more and more upset. And it says they shook their fist in rage at him. And he knew what was going on. Paul was there. He knew what was about. Stephen probably knew what was about to happen. And he was, it says he was full of the Holy Spirit. He was gazing up. He never took his eyes off of the things above. And then it goes on in verse 58 and 59. And it says, and they cast him out of the city and stoned him. And the witnesses laid their clothes at the feet of a young man named Saul. So um, just think about this. This is kind of that mob mentality. These guys are really upset. They're shaking their fists. They're probably gnashing their teeth. They're, um, they are upset. And it says they cast him out of the city and they stoned him. And so they think about that. When they laid their clothes at the feet of Saul, it was kind of like, you know, when you're, when you're about to, you know, maybe do something pretty physical, you know, and you're wearing a jacket, you've got to take that jacket off. And so, so Saul was there holding these guys. It's like, here, hold my coat, you know? And and so he's holding their stuff. And it says, and they stoned him as he was calling out to God. So going back again to Paul, remember he had written Colossians, he's writing this, and it's also talking about, remember he talked about how formally Formally, he was this. But remember, here in this, in, in Acts, um, Paul not only was sinning himself, but he was also enabling others to sin. And, and before coming to Christ, when we're just feeding our flesh and living for the flesh, a lot of times we are enabling others to sin as well. So Paul was enabling others to sin. And then he also approved of the sin of others. It says in verse 59 that he approved, he approved and he went on to ravage the church. Um, Next turn is Galatians 1 13. And again, this is Paul talking. So it's Galatians chapter 1 verse 13. 
And he says, for you have heard of my former conduct in Judaism, how I persecuted the church of God beyond measure and tried to destroy it. So he was persecuting, he was sinning, he was, he was approving of sin, he was um, enabling others to sin, and he was just on a rampage, but it says formally. So, you know, when we look at, at, at the church, we can see that, you know, there's, the church is full of sinners. And I love how this is the reason that Paul says over and over again, I was formally, I was formally, that's not who I am. That's not who I am. That's what I used to be. Um, because today, um, there's people who have done worse. And they've gone, they've done bad stuff. They've gone farther than what they ever thought they would go. Maybe you're here today and you're just going, I don't, you know, I've, I've done stuff that if you only knew, you wouldn't even talk to me. You know, I know before coming to the Lord, I lived to feed my flesh and looked a lot different than what I look like today. But the, the church today, it, it is full of those of people um, that have gone farther than than they ever thought they would go, and they think it's too late for them. But when you read this story of Paul, you realize that um, that it's never too late. It's never too late, and Jesus forgives and puts to death those things. So let's look at Acts chapter nine, verses one through six. I want you to turn there because I want you to read this with your, with your own eyes. So it's Acts chapter 9, verses 1 through 6. Then Saul, still breathing threats and murder against the disciples of the Lord, went to the high priest and asked letters from him to the synagogues of Damascus, so that if he found any who were of the way, whether man or woman, he might bring them bound to Jerusalem. So he, again, is on his way to sin, right? He is on his way. And as he journeyed, he came near Damascus, and suddenly a light shone around him from heaven. Then he fell to the ground and heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? And he said, Who are you, Lord? Then the Lord said to him, I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting. It is hard for you to kick against the goads. So he, trembling and astonished, said, Lord, what do you want me to do? So going back, remember in the, in the verses before, in Timothy and in Acts 7, um, 7 and 8, he was saying, this is who I was. But once he had that face-to-face -face encounter with Jesus, he said, what do you want me to do? Before he had that face-to-face -face encounter with Jesus, he was doing what he wanted to do. It says he was breathing threats and murder against believers, against the church, against the disciples of the Lord. But when he came face-to-face -face with Jesus, he said, what do you want me to do? And so too with us, when we come face-to-face -face with Jesus, we say, Lord, what do you want? me to do? What do you want me to do? And sometimes, a lot of times, most of the time, 
I found that it's usually the hard things. It's the things that you know that there is no way you can do in and of yourself. Um, those are the when you and when you identify when your identity is no longer wrapped up in the things of the world, the things of the flesh. When your identity is filled with the Holy Spirit and the things of the Lord, then you're willing to do whatever. Um, there's been so many times that you know you see you know missionaries that do like really really hard stuff, and it's like how in the world. How in the world do you take, you know, I think of, of um, Brian and Autumn, and they've taken their kids to Africa, you know, to, to uh, basically live and to minister, and it's because their identity is in Jesus. You know, he's a doctor. He can do really, really well in the United States, and he stood right here and talked about how hard it is just to have, uh, just to do a surgery in Africa because of the lack of equipment and the things, but um, but they're they're in Africa. So when our identity is in Christ, um, we will ask the Lord, "What do you want me to do?" And if you've never done that, I encourage you to do that today, um, tonight, just sometime before you go to sleep. Get alone with the Lord and and ask the Lord, "What do you want me to do?" And it might be one of those things where it's just like, "Oh God, I'll die! I'll die if I have to do that." And that is the best place to be. You know, that was the one thing when, um, when I led worship for that women's retreat. You know, one of the things that kept coming up to my mind was, you know, it's how much would I have to depend on the Lord to do the things that I know how to do or that I'm comfortable doing? You know, like I said, I could carry suitcases. I could make beds. I can make meals, you know, things like that. That's, you know, that's not a big deal. But standing in front of people, um, to me, that's it's it's difficult. When um, we were first called to start this church, I remember you know talking to my husband and just telling him, "I will support you in whatever. I'll clean toilets. I'll clean the church. I'll take care of kids. But I'm not going to talk. I'm not going to talk in front of people." And he was just like, "Okay." <laughs> he didn't say yes, you will or yes, you are. Um, it was just you know I just. And, and I told him flat out, I'm not, I'm not going to. I don't like standing in front of people. I will talk one-on-one. -on -one. You know, if you're sitting in my living room, and, and by the way, I, I, that's what I picture when I get up here, that we're just all kind of sitting around, and we're just all friends, and just sitting in the living room or sitting at a coffee shop or something and just talking. But um, it's because of our focus on, on the things above that he does these things through you. He does it through you. So we don't need to be scared. We don't need to be afraid. And we can also look through the scriptures and see, just like Paul and there's others that we can see that they were formally, and like, like Paul says, I was formally, I was formally, I, um, I used to, but this isn't me anymore. And we can all say that. Um, this is what I used to do, but this is not me anymore. And um, notice that that all that Paul did was he just met the Lord face-to-face -face on that road. And once we meet the Lord face-to-face, -face, and we've all done that, um, our whole identity changes. The only thing that is important that we do is to keep seeking those things which are above. 
keep setting our eyes, our minds on Jesus. So let's just go back real quick and just look at how we do that. We talked about it last week, about how we... Um, how we are able to keep our minds on things above. So um, the first thing was and is, is to be in God's word every day. Be in God's word every single day. Um, You can have your own little Bible reading plan, or one of the easiest things that I found is just getting the one-year Bible, and it has the date, It has the scriptures, and you can just read right through that. Um, Sometimes it's easier to listen, and you can also get that on on a podcast. And just every day it's right there. It comes up on your podcast. You can hear it in your ears. And um, it's important. It's really important to be in God's Word every day. And one of the neat things, one of the neatest things is to be able to fellowship over God's word. So if you're in that one year reading plan, you can also talk with somebody else with another, you know, with another believer that's also reading that. Um, So that's the first thing. How do we seek those things which are above being God's word? The second thing is to take every thought captive. And remember last week we talked about how, you know, how quick and easy it is for our thoughts to just run. Just like that dog that's out the gate, you know, the gate's left open and that dog is out running. Um, it's easy to let your thoughts go. It's hard to take those thoughts captive. One of the, the ways that I've um, learned to do that is like I carry a memory verse in my pocket and sometimes um, when things start, you know, going in my brain, you know, just pull out that memory verse and try to try to memorize, try to memorize those verses. Um Just bringing it back, you know, bringing those thoughts back, taking those thoughts captive, every thought captive for the glory of God. The third thing is to surround yourself with others that are seeking the things above. Last week I said believers, surround yourself with believers, but not all believers are seekers. So you want to surround yourself with others that are seeking the things above, that are talking about the things of the Lord, that are really wanting to please God with their life. Um, this is a really good place to start. You're, you're in a room with, with ladies that love the Lord, and I know that, they, that you all love each other, so I know they love you. So surround yourself with others that are seeking the things above. Um, the fourth thing is to worship the Lord. Put worship music on, you know, either on, again, either on your phone, on if you, if you sit at a desk, you know, have worship music on in your daily life. That is um, a really neat way to be able to keep your mind on things above, seeking the things above by worshiping the Lord, having worship music on. And the last thing is, or it should be the first thing, get your eyes and your face out of social media. That social media will have you discontent. It'll have you, um, you know, heart rates going, you know, all that it, it'll, it'll get your mind off the things above so fast. So get your eyes and your face out of social media. I know that there's a lot of good things that happen, but for the most part, you know, if it's just really causing your, 
your eyes to and your heart and your mind to go places other than the things of the Lord, you know, get your get your eyes off of that. So seeking the things above and again going back to the idea of sense or because or the reality of this is true because we have been raised with Christ because we have been raised with Christ think of things above set your mind on things above and our verse our our memory verse set your mind on things above and not on the things of earth and when your identity is in the lord when you have come face to face when you've had that that face to face time with the lord it's it's not difficult it's not difficult at all and to me it's so it's so freeing and it's such a neat um just to see that you're not that same person you are not that same person anymore just like paul you know just like you're just not that person anymore so um I think I, I was. I had. <clears throat> I thought about it. The more I thought about it through this week, it was just um, to me just so exciting. And I thought, you know, this is a time. This is what causes us to just love life and love the Lord and praise God. So, um, so next week we're going to be looking at putting off these, and those, that's verses eight and nine. Let's pray and. We're going to worship the Lord, okay? Father, we thank you, God, that our identity is not in um, in our looks or in our jobs or in our education or in our family. Lord, we thank you that, Lord, that you make us who we are and that we identify with you, Lord. We thank you that you love us and we praise you, Father, for what you've done in each one of our lives. Thanks again for listening to the Far Above Rubies podcast. We pray this message has encouraged you in your walk with Jesus. If you are in the Lubbock area, we invite you to join us in person Thursdays from 7 to 8 p.m. during our spring and fall sessions. For more information, you can visit our Facebook page or give us a call at the church. That number is 806-799-2227. Again, thank you for listening. May God richly bless you.